Hello, welcome to Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in financial services through the lens of some of its leading experts. I'm Jeff Spevasek, and this episode is all about shift right testing from the viewpoint of testing experts. Joining me today is Anish Behanan, who is a Senior Director and Practice Lead for Capgemini's Digital Assurance and Quality Engineering Practice within the Financial Services Business Unit. Anish has over 20 years of experience and currently heads the Environment Management Practice for Capgemini Financial Services. Also joining me today is Ravi Bhagatavula, who is a Chief Technologist with MicroFocus. Ravi brings over three decades of experience, ranging from hands-on project work, strategy consulting, and sales. We're excited to have him joining us today. Thanks for being part of the podcast, and let's jump in. To start off, it may be useful to set a foundation for our discussion. So, Ravi, let's start with you. What is shift right testing? Is it theory or practice? And is it the same as like a site reliability and chaos engineering? Hello, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Shipwright testing is a process and practice of involving the end users into the process of validation in the DevOps flow. It fosters a collaborative solution development that results in high quality, fit for purpose, with greater acceptance and greater customer satisfaction. Uh, It is present in many shapes and forms today due to the various pressures of time to market. And the formalization has, of shift right has become pretty mandatory these days. Secondly, it encompasses a lot of practices of chaos engineering and SRE. And all these practices are drawn into the DevOps process. It includes the automation and collection of real transaction flows from the production environment over a period of time in the process, gaining insights and using that to develop the testing, test, the test scripts and the entire test phase itself. Great. Thanks, Ravi. And Anish, I mean, coming from your perspective, running a service or practice for a services company, would you define shift right testing the same or do you have a different perspective on it? No, that, I, I agree with Ravi. And thanks again, uh, Jeff, for inviting me to this podcast. So, you know, as Ravi just mentioned, shift right testing is primarily continuously testing software in a post-production type environment. Now, it is not theory. It is definitely a, a, a practice and a good practice. The, your other question was around, is it the same as SRE or chaos engineering? Now, shift right testing, and we will come to that later, requires a lot of techniques, one of which is uh, fault testing, which can be executed through chaos engineering principles. So it's not the same, but uh, there are t- uh, techniques like chaos engineering that will help shift right testing. Thanks, Anish. And let's stick with you for the next question is, you know, what problem are we solving for? What changes in the industry are really pushing for the need for shift right testing? And why has it taken it so long to become widely adopted? Well, user experience is key. Right. I think that is the key, you know, problem we are solving. Once you have the right user experience captured through you know, replicating the right type of performance, right? it can include network performance, performance from the application perspective, you know, from a load perspective, a stress perspective, you know, you know, you end up ensuring that the application of the software is best suited for the user's experience. It has taken so long because, you know, testing in production, it was 
was very unprofessional a few years ago and in some places it still is but we have to move on user experience drives much of the market these days and hence i think moving uh, and adopting shift drive testing is key i think skepticism should pave you know move around, move away and i think optimism should start kicking in so essentially Shift-right testing has been taboo, but maybe now it's becoming more widely accepted. Ravi, do you agree with that or do you think there's a different take on it? And what what challenges yeah. do you think we're solving for? Absolutely. We are, you know, in, the, in addition to what Anish said here, the markets are changing. The markets are changing so fast that there is the customer experience feedback loop is so quick. Given that it is the so solutions have to be adopted to the customer uh, customers, it's so important. I think it's important to change the team configurations today. In the past, it used to be the solutions team always used to think that, you know, people in the IT basically used to think, you know, we are developing fit for purpose to our end customers. And whereas the business idea and the end users have a different take on that. So it's primarily uh, those are the ones that delayed and the inconsistencies came in and there was a customer satisfaction issue. Fundamentally, people-related issues are the toughest to overcome. That's why you see there is a slowness in adoption. Uh, IT and business were virtually isolated, and the traditional development uh, of the automated systems was perceived to be owned by IT. This is not true anymore. Today, it's accepted as a joint ownership, and as a collaborative approach is absolutely necessary here. There's too much to deliver the right solutions quickly, and the change is very fast. I think those are the ones that led to this adoption at various levels in, in the organization. Some fast, some slow. Thanks, Ravi. And I guess let's stick with you. So do you, I guess, knowing that shift right testing historically has been maybe taboo, but again, now as becoming more widely adopted, are there any risks in performing shift right testing or is it the risk more perceived than actual risks at hand? I would be amiss to say there are no risks in that because this is definitely, there are risks in it. And one of the one of the things that would immediately be shown up will will show up is the one is one of the metric that usually DevOps teams tend to track very closely, which is velocity. The introduction of shift right testing into the DevSecOps cycle would usually reduce the velocity. That's because the num the, there is increased uh, number of people that are going to be involved in the testing, but as the process gets bended a little more and it matures, it becomes seamless. It becomes the velocity comes back up. But more importantly, the customer satisfaction is the one that that really increases. And even the feedback or the stories that are the first point of entry into, into the DevOps cycle, the quality of those improve as well. Thanks, Ravi. And Nish, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that I guess the risks that our customers are seeing are actual risks, or is it something that it's maybe there aren't any trade-offs, maybe it's all just benefit? No, there are risks, actually. You know, the primary um, advantage is deploy more and deploy more with the right uh, feedback loop, as Ravi mentioned, so that the right experience for the customer is achieved. But that comes with the risk. Compliance is important. Uh, the, the use of the right tooling is important, and, and the right processes around it is important as well. So when you're talking about DevSecOps and end-to-end automation, we need to ensure that all of this works well. And obviously, around synthetic accounts and synthetic scenarios that will aid, you know, testing in production are key to reducing these risks as well. 
Thanks, Anish. And the tooling that we have in place today, is that sufficient to support shift right testing? I know you'd mentioned intent automation and some aspects of data. Does the current landscape of tooling support that? Or is it something that I think the you think the industry as a whole needs to mature to uh, more adequately address that? And then I guess, secondly, do we even have people who are well-versed in some of the shift right principles and the tooling platform to be able to implement these successfully? Yeah, I, I think you're yeah, spot on, right? You know, right, shift right testing is obviously, you know, never risk-free. Uh, again, it all depends upon the skills of the people. And as you mentioned, you know, there's a long way to go to have the right skills, especially around chaos engineering and how do we uh, effectively do chaos-related testing. Also understanding the concept of SRE in a prod environment and how do we actually make the best use of it and use it and, you know, implement it properly. All of these skills are very important important. The tooling, especially from an end-to-end automation perspective, is always measuring. There are some good tools from a testing perspective, but shift-right testing to be a a success. You need all of the ecosystem to be a success. The process needs to be tight as well, including some of the security and the compliance processes. So there is a long way to go still, but the market is catching up. The practice of shift-right testing is well on way. A lot of the financial institutions are now testing the idea actively so in the coming years, I'm pretty sure you will have a much more robust tool set to aid uh, shift right testing. Thanks, Anish. And Ravi, I mean, I guess from your perspective, I mean, working with a tooling provider, tooling platform, do you think those tools exist today to really in- develop an all-encompassing uh, shift right testing strategy? And you know, if so, or if not, for that matter as well, does the tool set or the skill set of individual team members, will it lend themselves to actually begin adopting these new tools or, you know, is a workforce transformation required to go ahead and actually begin leveraging that to its extent? Very good question, uh, Jeff. You know, we went on, we, we came from an IT, business-driven IT to an IT-driven business today. And similarly, within the IT community, we know that its tools are a very important part of this. And uh, in, the, in this case of shift right testing, apart from redefining the process and realigning people, tools are very critical for the success of uh, introduction of uh, shift right testing. Capturing and extracting transaction flow data from production environments, transforming them into test cases, injecting them into the DevOps process, reduces the burden on the test, uh, business test users. It can also provide insight and justification of how the solution is truly used versus how users perceive it to be used. Because more often than not, users think they're using it in a certain way. But when we find the patterns on how they're really using, they will understand in themselves better and IT can justify that pretty well. Shift right, as far as skills go, shift right testers typically are experienced users who know how, the, how to operate the solution in depth. So I think there is definitely a set of tools that are required here. There are many tools in the market. Microfocus offers business process testing. So as well as, you know, there are many. And there is no one comprehensive tool for an end-to-end one. So in the market today, there are many tools. And it depends upon the maturity of each one of the um, companies to actually how how they adopt it. Thanks, Ravi. And I guess what I'm understanding from... What you and uh, Anisha are recommending or suggesting is one of the main drivers of shift right testing 
potentially would be customer experience and then increasing that with some of the drawbacks potentially being increasing time or in some cases complexity to your overall testing scheme. But you know, I think this also resonates with the most recent edition of our World Quality Report, which was released at the start of October. And if you look at the, one of the polling questions we have from executive leadership teams within IT organizations, in terms of their most critical factor or highest objective for QE, it's really just customer satisfaction and specific to the banking and capital markets industry is extremely cutthroat, right? And I think if other banks come out with or, or financial institutions come out with applications that increase usability or speed, then that'll take you know business away from other markets. So I think shift right testing to your guys' point is definitely here to stay and that organizations are going to continuously focus on the end user and using that as an opportunity for revenue growth and, and, and increase in business market share. So with that in mind, understanding that it really is here to stay, you know, for organizations that maybe haven't started or are going to start, Ravi, what would you recommend as maybe immediate next steps or simple tactical or even strategic steps that they can do to begin leveraging and applying shift right testing principles? To be at a high level, strategic level, leadership is the key. It's so it's very important to change the culture of the existing organizations to if it is not suitable for shift right testing, because this really involves two varying teams to come together and give a good customer experience. So and that cannot be messed around with. So leadership is the key here. And there is an investment that is required in terms of people, process, and technology to, to take this to take this forward. Tooling, as we talked about, is also very important here. And make sure that while we are tooling, people are trained on those tools. And, and wherever help is needed, if you have to take it from an external source, one should do that in order to make this a success. Thanks, Ravi. And Anish, what are you telling, I guess, your clients today in terms of how they can get started on applying shift right testing principles? Yeah, yeah, you need to know where to start, right? I mean, you know, some of the techniques that can that can be used to kind of progress with the idea of shift right testing that that needs to be scoped out. I, I think that is where you know your question around immediate next steps. Where would this work, right? How do we test canary releases, for example? How do we do split testing, destructive testing, fault tolerance testing, and even user acceptance testing? You know, these are you know phases where we can deploy the whole idea of uh, shift right testing. And I think we have to scope it out, uh, the, uh, identify the areas that will yield the best results and the best user experience, along with leadership and tooling that Ravi mentioned. Thanks, Anish. And I guess one final I guess, bonus question or additional question before we go is, I guess, as we've seen the industry evolve over the past several years, the there has been a blurring of lines between what functions the QE team has traditionally played or your quality engineering team with functions of development teams as well as, you know, maybe production support teams. And it sounds like shift right testing to some extent may blur the lines between what your traditional production support team may perform, maybe the insights that they have and the analysis that they would conduct as to, you know, some of the roles and activities that now we're proposing the QE team or QE function to perform. So Anisha, stick, stick with you. Do you think that Shift right testing creates conflict between different teams and doesn't encroach on some of their activities and then, I guess, interrupt that integration. And then, you know, what level of organization change management you think or do you think would be required to actually begin leveraging and applying these principles in an effective manner? 
Yeah, a great question, Jeff. I think as and when we have more mature tools in the market and the whole idea of the concept of uh, shift right testing matures in the market, the skills that is required to effectively execute it also will be uh, different as we move or, or will evolve as we move into the coming years. Now, that the current conflict that, that you're talking about, right, with the production support team, for example, is not is going to fade away because production support teams will have to evolve as well, right? And and they have to acquire the new skills. Now, shift right testing will have to be secure. They will have to have a lot more compliance to the execution of it, and therefore. I think as we adopt a lot more shift right testing, there could be specialist teams that will be doing shift right testing. That doesn't mean there is not going to be any, some of the type of testing or, or you know, the functions that we test in this mode could be adopted, you know, taken up by other teams. But more or less as this approach matures, I think there will be a need for specialized skills and then there will be a need for having specialized people or teams within current DevOps uh, structure or a framework to kind of execute that that will be my take on this the other question jeff was around change management absolutely as i said there is going to be an absolute need for synthetic accounts or synthetic you know, data to be used because obviously you don't really want to be messing around with real user data over a period of a long period of time. So even if you're testing on live production networks, you must be able to have synthetic accounts. And around that, there has to be strict security processes, as I mentioned. Change management is key. Obviously, when you do chaos testing, if you do fault tolerance testing, and if you know things do go wrong, you should have the right change control mechanisms in place. Thanks, Anish. And Ravi, let's close with you. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think definitely, you know, not all organizations are in the same of the same maturity culture and structure. So well-defined and well-balanced KPIs are very important to and to make a positive impact on the actors, on the behaviors of the actors uh, in both IT teams and business teams. Assigning equal or greater weightage to customer satisfaction compared to velocity is an example of that. A push-pull is very important in both. In fact, having a healthy conflict at some point is important in the world of testing. So, you know, only stretch strings make music. So it has to be a pull and push, but it has to be in a way that is synchronous with each other. I think that is going to help help a lot. So leaders have to pay special attention to that. Thanks, Ravi. And Anish and Ravi, I appreciate you guys joining us today. Thank you for your time. And to our listeners, if you found this podcast interesting, please subscribe to Kept Gemini's Banking, Payments, and Well Spotlight podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other podcast apps. For more Kept Gemini Financial Services podcasts, please also subscribe to our Insurance Insights podcast. We'll be back soon with another podcast. In the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit keptgemini.com to download the most recent version of the World Quality Report, the 13th edition. To learn more about Microfocus, please visit microfocus.com. If there are other topics they'd like us to cover, please feel free to leave comments via our social media channels. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.